Talk to one of our favorites. Uh, that would be Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports, who uh, is obviously a, an NFL analyst, but also is very uh, active in areas of social justice and uh, is uh, in the in the legal field as well. So he's a, a great uh, resource and someone to talk to, given all that's going on in the world this, uh, right now. Chris, um, this has uh, been an interesting week, hasn't it, in this country in a lot of ways? To say the least, Paul. I mean, and I mean, it's been a crazy year, um, but it just it just it just reminds me. And I said, I think I said this the last time I was on your show. It's like I don't know what the next week in twenty twenty is going to bring because every time I think I'm like, oh, I'm used to it. Nope, there's, there's even more. Um, I mean, we we you anyone that, that 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 has paid attention to the history of racism and police brutality in the country, we knew that another incident was going to happen at some point. Um, but you know, this getting on this getting out there on social media as fast as it did, and the reaction that it's gotten, the fact that we're seeing boycotts of of actual playoff games, not preseason, not you know middle of the regular season, but playoff games from players, um, and, and now in multiple sports. Uh, I, I honestly, I never thought I'd see a day like this in, in professional sports in the United States. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to say, uh, this when I say, I, I, I have mixed feelings about what went on tonight with, uh, the NBA players and I'll tell you why, and then I'll get your thoughts and reactions. Sure. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously the attempt for, you know, awareness and all that other stuff is good. But one of the things that we have seen with the NBA teams and players is the biggest platform and venue and everything else they have is this bubble. I mean, they're interviewed multiple times each day, you know, by on TV. We've got during the games these these really powerful PSAs and commercials uh, you know, you've got the the messages on the floor, on their on their on the backs of their uniforms. Um, it's basically, you know, because there's three games a day or whatever it is. It's basically like eight or nine hours of, you know, the message being there. And to me, when you walk away from that, especially, you know, I'm reading some reports that you know some of these uh, teams are talking about not playing at all and even leaving the bubble and everything else. I mean, I feel like you take away your a big platform that you have. I think that's a, that's a very interesting point, Paul, because you're right. They worked very hard, and when I say they, I mean the players and the NBA, to make sure that, that the message was loud and proud that, hey, black lives matter. We need to promote this. We need to stand up for black people in these moments, and not just in these moments, but all the moments, because of the history of oppression and racism in, in this country. It's a cause that, and, and an issue that, you know, no matter how much we speak on it, there's more to fight about it um, every day. But um, so, so I agree that, you know, it's, it feels, there's that weird feeling, right? Where you're thinking like, well, wait a second. And also I, I would say, Paul, and maybe this is me, you know, you know, talk, talking a little too much out of my field, but I would say that most people that watch the NBA probably support, the you know you know the movement more than i'd say than not because you know the nba has for a long time been more vocal about these issues than most leagues uh you know people like lebron james in the league and they've been very outspoken even back in the day bill russell kareem abdul jabbar the nba has a history of players being you know be, be, you know not being afraid to be outspoken so you'd think that a lot of people are supporting it but 
I think that the player's point isn't necessarily to the average listener. It's to the people that – it's to the corporations and the people that make money off of this situation because they're you – know, and off of their playing. Because now people that, that make money and that, that, that might be uh, able to have more influence, now they're looking at this as like, okay, great. Now that this situation is even worse – that we you know we we might be out on this kind of money we need to find a way to do something that's ultimately what you know when I've I've heard people like Bomani Jones and other people that have, that were more in the know of what happened with why um Washington changed its name to the Washington football team from the Redskins uh, you know was that there was mounting pressure and enough people in the right boardrooms that had the power to make decisions with more money those people got their voices heard more because of the, because of the movement and it seems like their attempt here is to influence those people in those boardrooms to say, hey, we need more action from you in these situations. And they may not have all the answers right now themselves, but that's not the job of the protesters. The protesters' job is to say, hey, this is an issue. You know, they may not be the legislators, but they are, they are an athlete, and they can say, hey, I can use my voice in this way because I believe this needs to change in the country that I play in, that I work in, and that I live in. Um, because I, I can't stand this anymore, and that I support. Um, now, whether or not this will be the most effective, who knows? We, we will have to see. But I think that you know, an, an honest effort, a good faith effort to make that change, I think that is uh, honorable and respectable. Whether or not you know, we you know, it depends on how people react to it. We'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, we're seeing we're we're seeing praise from across the board. We're seeing other sports take part of it, not just the NWNBA, but. Uh, we're, we, you know, we, the Seattle Mariners are part of that. Are, are part of that right now. Uh, we'll we'll see how well we'll see how this continues to play out. If this sparks something, I also think it's very important to note for those who say this kind of stuff doesn't affect change. Four years ago, to this very day, fall was the first day that Colin Kaepernick notably didn't stand for the national anthem. It wasn't the first day that people noticed, but it was the first time that he admitted that he didn't stand for the national anthem. And here we are in this con part of the conversation when it comes to the cause that he was protesting for back then. So we'll see how this goes out. But I, this is this is the biggest move that I've seen as far as teams stepping out of the playoffs to say we need more change in this regard after seeing what happened to Jacob Blake. Well, and like I said, like I said before, I think one of the things, Chris, that um, that really, you know, if if they really want to make a big statement, I mean, obviously a guy like LeBron James. Uh, who's getting up there in age, you know, if he were to walk out on the playoffs in, in a season where he clearly has an opportunity to, you know, really cement his legacy and win another championship, that would be a huge statement. Uh, but again, the problem I would have with that, okay, is that I feel like you've got basically another month or whatever it is, you know, five, six weeks where you have the, you know, the, you have the microphone, so to speak. Um, and I don't know that you want to give that up because a lot of guys, I mean, if you're LeBron James, when you say something and do something, uh, you know, it's going to be news, but a lot of other guys, they'll just sort of fade into the, you know, into the, uh, into the background. And, and even if they're involved in the, the protests and all the other stuff, you know, they don't hold that same, you know, they don't hold that same, um, you know, clout as they do when they're in the bubble and on TV and everything else every single day. So it's a tough one for me, Chris. You're absolutely right, Paul, because, I mean, remember when the NFL had their big lockdown? 
It wasn't the small players that came back that changed everything. Who were the big guys? It was the Emmett Smith, the Troy Aikmans, the Michael Irvins. Those guys, when they broke the, broke the picket line, everything fell apart. The, the, for a movement, for a player movement to work in any league, you need the biggest names involved. I completely agree with you there. And if LeBron did say, I'm done, again, this depends on if the players are do agree that they need to cancel the entire playoffs. We're hearing rumblings that some of that some of them want to. We need to know who those guys are. And I'm sure right now they're in that bubble. They're in the perfect situation to wall, wall themselves in and say, hey, let's talk about this as players. Let's let's get together. There might not have be a better environment in the history of basketball for them to just be able to do this face-to-face, man-to-man, and say, what are we going to do to make a statement here? Do we want to cancel the playoffs? Or like, they, like you're suggesting, do we want to continue to use the bubble to speak up for this cause, because you know, you know, it's not just the symbolism of the word, the names on the back of the jerseys and and the Black Lives Matter. It's like you said, they get to at the end of it. I mean, LeBron James, you know, after one of his games, first of all, he went off in a game recently against the Blazers, and everyone's like, oh man, LeBron, you could see he was passionate. And then afterwards, you know, you've seen him be be vocal in uh, in press conference. I mean, you you t- tweeted tweeted about Doc Rivers, Coach Doc Rivers, after the Clippers game and the passionate things that he said. And I think those words are very powerful. So I agree with you in that sense that if they're giving up the bubble in the playoffs, they're giving up these chances to speak on these things. So I, you know, I'm not so sure that I'm saying that they should definitely cancel all the playoffs. If they do, it'd be an, a huge move. I mean, the biggest move in sports when it comes to protesting, in my opinion. But um, but I, I do I do agree that with, with your point that they can still use this maybe – you know, boycott it for a couple of days, postpone things or, for, you know, forfeit games or something like that, but do something and then still get back to the playoffs so that they can keep the, the narrative going, like you said, for the next month or so, because people are going to start tuning into these NBA playoffs even more when we start whittling it down to the semifinals and then the, the conference finals and then the, you know, and then the NBA finals. And people are going to be watching because, you know, they want to, they want to see how this ends. And there's been a lot of really good action out there for some really high talents and, in those, with every with every game, you're going to get another chance to say, "Hey, arrest the cops that who who who, who killed Bri- Breonna Taylor." You know, you're going to say, "Hey, we want justice for Jake, Jacob Jacob Blake. We want justice for Ahmaud Arbery. Everybody that's gone that, that that's been suffering." And you can get your voice out about that. But I also understand when you when you're locked into a bubble in a tight space, there's all the anxiety that kicks in. Paul George revealed that and talking about you know why he might have been off his game, and he said the bubble's been affecting him. I understand that there's there's a lot of things in play here. Um, so I'm not saying that they definitely should boycott the rest of the playoffs. I'm not saying that they that they should, that they should go back and play. I'm saying that these players are obviously they care about this issue very deeply, and I support them in their efforts in whatever they decide is the best move for them. And I hope that they continue to fight for a what is a legitimate cause and one that's true and dear to dear to my heart. Well, there's no question. I mean, I think it's good that we have. I've uh, gotten to a point where, you know, not just athletes, but I mean, people in, in all walks of life are a right. lot less, you know, um, afraid to speak up for whatever it is they believe in and, and all those other things. I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, all of these discussions, um, you know, come back to the same thing. You've got seemingly the same people asking the same questions and the other side is the same people trying to give the same sort of answers that don't really hold a lot of water. Um, you know, I, 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 I just, you know, when, when, when you, when you see that divide that we have right now, I, I just, 
I don't know what the answer is, Chris. What is the answer to close that divide? Whenever there's these conversations, you know how it goes, Chris. I mean, you and I look at a video and say, the guy shot the guy, you know, they shot the guy in the back seven times. It's pretty easy to see what's going on, you know, but you have other people saying, well, you know, he, he was uh, reaching, you know, maybe he was reaching for a gun or he had this or he had that. I, I mean, we, 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 we legitimately live in two different worlds in this country, don't we? We, we do. Uh, and and we, we are seeing these divides more and more when we start pressing these issues and we start calling them out. But it's, it's it, you know, Paul, I, I think we'd agree on this. It is better to at least see the division and acknowledge this is real and this is here than to look over, gloss over them and say everything's fine. You know, it's like when you have a relationship with a teammate, with a friend, with a, with a, with a significant other. If the, you know, when you keep brush, brushing over those things that, that annoy you or wrong you, like someone does you wrong and you just look over it, but it festers. It gets worse on you, and it, and it tolls on you. It costs you money. It costs you time. It costs you peace of mind. When, you know, in, in simple things like you know, just being a roommate with someone, when that rolls over, eventually that wells up, and that becomes a problem. We're talking about historic oppression. We're talking about slavery, murder, segregation. Uh, just, just you know, even, even in something so simple as, as applying for housing, you know, the New York Times just released a study about how there are black people, there, there are inter, interracial couples who, when they apply as with both with both the black and the white uh, couple, they are denied certain housing opportunities. But when they apply with just the white couple, with, with the white member of the couple, they are given more access and opportunities. And, and this is just this is consistent reporting, and that's nothing new. Uh, this is through all walks of life. The point is, we, you know, to, to get better, to actually close those devices, we have to not only acknowledge them, we have to, we have to fight them. Uh, one of my favorite authors and sports writers today is Howard Bryant. Um, he, he, he does a lot of stuff. He has a really great book called The Heritage and a few others out there. But one thing that stuck with me that he says is that we have to think race forward and not race neutral. It's not enough to just say, hey, everything just be equal, everything fine, everything that, you know, it's, you have it, that's not enough anymore. We have to look at it and say, "Hey, here's a problem." We have to look into why this problem happened. Who are the aggressors? How can we actually fix it? Those are the things we have to start asking ourselves. When we sit back and we just say, "You know, I just missed the time when we could just all be happy in our own spaces and be fine." That those are the times when the problems were happening because we weren't looking at it. We weren't seeing the videos of people getting shot in the streets. We weren't seeing, you know, we weren't hearing about these problems where all these people are affected by these discriminatory policies or these policies that ignore actual discrimination because they appear to be neutral, but they overlook actual disparate impact that's carried out by people in different facets, whether it's healthcare, whether it's housing, whether it's criminal justice, anything in this country. I think that there's so much that we can look at. And if you want to bridge those divides, we have to talk about them, we have to organize about them, and we have to attack them. Sitting back and saying, I, you know, I just want to talk, I just want to live in my in my safe world and and just enjoy my time. That's not going to get it done, and it hasn't gotten it done. No, absolutely. I mean, I think there's so many so many issues right now that we've got to just come uh, sort of <laughs> come to grips with and, and figure out a way to move past. And it's it's really difficult when you when you have two completely different, you know. America. Um, and, 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 I don't, and I don't just mean white and black. I just mean like people right. see things one way and other people see things another way. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for, you know, discussion in the middle. So, uh, 
Another thing I think that's important to have, Paul, is have good faith conversations. Bomani Jones tweeted this out, another one of my favorite guys from ESPN. There are so many times that you get into a conversation with someone, they're sarcastically pointing out, like people say, what about black on black crime? And, and I'm just like, I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, first of all, what about white on white crime? And second of all, you know, we actually look at this. Black people have been protesting against black-on-black -black crime. But anyone who actually wants to talk about that would actually do the research and see that, that for example, there was a recent shooting in East Hills. Mad Dads, a, a, the local Pittsburgh group, was out there. They were, they're, out pro, they're out marching. They're out talking to families. Black people have been organizing against that for years. It's just also we have this situation where when, when black people kill black people, the black people that do that and get caught, when they get caught, they go to jail. They go, they go to trial. They get convicted. They go to jail. When police officers kill people, it's a whole different situation. I think that when people have good faith arguments, they can at least they can at least see and hear and grow from that conversation. People who want to come with bad faith arguments say things like that that are inflammatory and don't want to don't want to grow. And when you point that out to them, they don't care and they ignore and they they spin and they deflect. That's one thing that we can do to help move forward because, like you said, it's very divided. But find the people that want to have good faith arguments with you, that want to grow with you, the people that want that, that want to just yell in your face and not hear what you say, and that's on both sides. It, you know, when it comes to just yelling in your face and, and, and not giving you a chance to at least speak or hear, or hear you out, that's when you got to realize, okay, this isn't a healthy environment for this conversation. I think that's part of the solution, Paul. Yeah, well – uh, great stuff, Chris. I appreciate the conversation. And, uh, man, <laughs> we've got a lot of things that we need to solve in this country. And, and uh, it seems like um, every time it feels like we make progress, we, we take steps back. So uh, uh, appreciate it, man, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Paul. I hope our conversation helped somebody out there. No, I'm sure it did. I, you know, again, anytime, anytime we got someone like you on, uh, I'm, sh I'm sure people learn from you, buddy. So that's Chris Carter uh, of, of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan.